Welcome to the Counter Narrative Podcast, a show designed to change the way we talk and think about education. By sharing stories of successes and triumphs, we aim to challenge the dominant narrative that often negatively portrays our disenfranchised populations. I'm your host, Charles Williams, an urban educator for more than 15 years, a current school principal in Chicago, an educational consultant, an equity advocate, and the co-host of Inside the Principal's Office. Let's get started. Hey, have you heard the news? Inside the Principal's Office has released a book, a best-selling new release on Amazon. This book is perfect for any current or aspiring educational leader. Broken down into 40 weeks, this book is filled with reflections and practical advice from three educational administrators and provides space for reflection to facilitate growth. Join other leaders from around the world who have already ordered their copies to join in on upcoming book studies and workshops. Order your copy on Amazon today. This episode is a pause to ponder segment. These bi-weekly sessions will allow me to share with you my personal thoughts and reflections on a wide spectrum of topics as they relate to education. It is my hope that you will be able to take something from these segments and apply it in a meaningful way as you continue to do amazing work. Remember, While we all have different roles, we all have a single job, educating our students. So before I get deep into this episode, I I want to warn you that this episode is going to handle a pretty uh, difficult, uh, heavy topic. And so... If any conversation around the topic of suicide is a challenging aspect for you, I I just want you to know that that I'm going to be touching on that today. And so if that is something that you struggle with or you're you're challenged by listening to, uh, please, you know, maybe consider listening to a different episode. But I think what I'm what I want to talk about today is important. This is not for shock value. It's not, you know, just I I don't know. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. I I talked about this in one of the last episodes, and I really never know what I'm going to talk about. I before I record, I sit and I think about just kind of where I'm at, and so the thing that I may have thought about recording, uh, you know, a week or two ago, may be vastly different when it comes time to sit down and record these. And so what you're what you're listening to right now are unedited. Uh, just my my thoughts flowing about just kind of the spaces uh, that I'm in and the issues that we're dealing with, and so I just want you to be uh, aware of of what I'm where this conversation is going. But I would encourage you that if you if you're willing to to stick with me through this because I think this is important. I think this is an uh, a conversation that needs to happen, uh, and as as I mentioned in a conversation earlier, we need to. Just not to stigmatize, but instead to normalize. And so 
as challenging as this conversation may be, even for me to have it with you, it shouldn't be. And so with that being said, I'm, I'm going to launch in. So I wanted to start off there. There's this poem that I heard uh, maybe my sophomore, junior year, something like that in college. And it is a poem that has stuck with me for a long time uh, for a variety of reasons. And so if you've heard this, you you, you know this one. If not, uh, I would encourage you to look it up, read through it. Uh, the, the, it's the message, the implications, you know, are, are pretty deep. But it's called Richard Corey, and it's by Edwin Arlington Robinson. Whenever Richard Corey went downtown, we people on the pavement looked at him. He was a gentleman from soul to crown, clean favored and imperially slim. And he was always quietly arrayed, and he was always human when he talked. But still he fluttered pulses when he said, Good morning. And he glittered when he walked. And he was rich, yes, richer than a king, and admirably schooled in every grace. In fine, we thought that he was everything to make us wish that we were in his place. So on he worked and waited for the light, and went without the meat, and cursed the bread. And Richard Corey, one calm summer night, went home and put a bullet through his head. Now, I know that last line is jarring. It isn't how we think this is going to go. But you see, I, I chose this poem because if it's exactly that, Richard Corey is that man, that man who shows up and who presents himself in such a way that we all want to be like him, that man who has it all figured out, that man who 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 is just on top of the world. But what we don't understand, what we don't see, is the pain that that man is feeling. You see, when, when I was nine years old, my father died. Uh, this used to be something that I, I was ashamed to talk about. Uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm starting to understand again that these conversations need to be had. When I, when I was nine, I, I found, I shouldn't say when I was nine. You see, when I was nine, I, I found out that my father died. It wasn't until much, much later that I found out that my father had died because he had committed suicide. You see, it was something that my mom sheltered me from. She didn't want us to understand of what exactly happened. It wasn't until many, many, many years later that I realized, or I should say, that I found out the truth. And, and I, to be honest, I can't help but wonder if things were different, if this very topic that I'm talking about today was maybe something a little bit different, if maybe his outcome would have been different. But I remember attending his funeral. I remember walking up to his casket and my aunt looked at me and I won't forget she mentioned something to me. And I'll be honest, I have, to, I have no idea the, the, the true implications of what these words have been. But she told me, do not cry. You are now the man of this family. Do not cry. 
And you know what? For years, I didn't. Not weeks, not days, not months, years, years. I did not allow myself to to process the the hurt, the shame, the guilt, the confusion, everything that I was feeling. You see, because I was told the lie that so many young men today are told that 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 toxic masculinity that unfortunately follows us through into and through adulthood that we must be men. And what it means to be a man today. You see, the idea of not being allowed to cry, about not being a little girl, about being soft. Those are the messages that we deliver. And, And I caution you because these are many of the same messages that we continue to deliver in our schools today. That when our young men are struggling, we tell them, man up. Stop being so weak. Don't cry in my office. Because that is the messages that we receive. That is what we've been taught means to be a man. And we tend to forget that that little second grader in our office who is struggling is only seven years old. And yet we're telling them to be a man. They're they're not a man. And, And what does that even mean? And I know some of you may be listening to this and saying, so what? What does that, what does it mean? It it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't have any implications, but I want to share this with you. There are times that I talk to you and it's just my own thoughts, my own ideas, my own feelings. But today I wanted to share some of that backed with some, some facts and some statistics so that you understand this isn't just me sitting here talking to you. This, this is a real issue that we are dealing with and that if we're not careful that we are perpetuating within our own schools, within our own societies. Did you know that suicide, suicide is the number two leading cause of death for uh, for people ages 10 to 34? The the, the number two cause. Now, I don't know about you, but I grow up, uh, I I, I, I watch the news every morning and and I work in a community where we consistently see all these statistics and there's, there's a shooting and the homicide rates. But the truth is, more of our young people are dying from self-inflicted homicide than from any danger that is out on the streets. Why? But we're not talking about that. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about the fact that for, for men, when we talk about suicide, that men are four times more likely to commit suicide than their female counterpart. And I wonder why that is. When we stop to think that we can't talk about because we have stigmatized the fact, not just mental health in general, not just crisis that we are dealing with in general, but the fact that we as men are not allowed to feel those things. That we're not allowed to cry. We're not allowed to show emotions. We're not allowed to be weak. We're not allowed to struggle. That we must just man up and make sure that we are taking care of business. That is what we are told. And I want you to understand the implications of that four times higher. And sometimes, and that's that's the average. In some cases, it's much, much higher. And to be honest, these averages are not for a certain demographic or social socioeconomic group. Yes, it fluctuates from here to there. But the truth is, it is for men across the board. 
I'll be honest, I, I, I've had my own struggles. I think I think a lot of times when when somebody in your family commits suicide, right? We we were told that person was weak, that person was selfish. This per, right there, there's all these things that are said that instead of saying that person needed help, that person was crying out. And you see when when those things happen close to you, you are more likely to think about suicide. You are more likely to consider those things. So it's no surprise then again, as I mean, just think about that. If, if more men, four times more are committing suicide, if more, uh, if, if it's the number two cause of death among this younger population, that just simply means that it is part of our, and yet we don't talk about it. And instead, not only do we not talk about it, but we continue to tell the young men, uh, the young people in general, but more more specifically in this case, the more young men in our spaces, that it is not okay to have these conversations. So again, I, I, I don't want to make this a long episode. But I just want you to understand that when we continue to 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 reiterate those those statements those sentiments what it is doing to our young men yes allow them to come into your space allow them to cry allow them to feel allow them to express to you that they are struggling and don't shut them down but listen and find out how you can help them there is no surprise the the, the, the chaos that we are seeing with our young people this only gotten has gotten worse during the pandemic and we're, we're seeing the results of it. And yet we're stepping back and saying, we don't understand what's, what, what's going on. And again, we continue to externalize and blame everyone else, but we don't want to acknowledge the fact of how we are not addressing the root issues of these. Ladies and gentlemen, we must normalize. We must normalize this. As I get ready to close out, I, I know I implore you that if you're struggling, please do not think that you are alone in this. Please do not think that, they're, they're, that there's no hope. In fact, there's a number that everyone should know. And please, so if you know someone or if you yourself are struggling, I want you to take this number down. I want you to share this number with someone. It's 1-800-273-TALK. It is the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Please do not hesitate. If you don't think that you have anyone to talk to, anybody who understands, please make sure that you reach out again. 1-800-273-TALK. Listen, we need you. We need you in this space, in this world. So please, if you are struggling, seek out help. Until next time. I want to thank you for listening to the Counter Narrative Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to like, subscribe, and of course, share it with friends and family. I'd also love to hear your thoughts about the show, so please leave a comment or two as well. Now, I'm not sure what platform you're using, but the show can be found on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and plenty of other platforms. 
If the show isn't on your preferred site, let me know and I'll be sure to get it up and running. This podcast is also featured on schoolrubric.com, where you can find educational articles, videos, and interviews with educators from around the globe. Be sure to connect with me and other listeners by following the show on Twitter at the CN Podcast and joining the show's Facebook group. Take care.